Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your fight. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leba, and joining me, as always, are my co-hosts, Nick Martin and Tim Kalinowski. Uh, And together, the three of us are going to break down a a pretty busy Tuesday night in the NHL, 10 games on the slate. And whenever it gets to be this busy, we like to start with a bang with our favorite underdogs. Nick, I have to cede the floor to you because uh, I think people probably saw this one coming. Yeah, it, I, so I'm on Arizona as an underdog versus Tampa. They catch Tampa in a great spot uh, after they play the Avs Monday night in Colorado. So the spot is the main thing here. And then just if you're getting this price, we have to do it. It's going to be a bit of a soft sell because I really don't think the Yotes played that well. Uh, they kind of got caved in versus Vegas and they have some injuries on the back end. Um Koya Chonuk didn't look great. Kessel Ring looked pretty good. So if they can just get Dumbo back, that'd be good. But ultimately, we've seen enough flaws from Tampa where they can. They've been a, kind of a hit or miss team. I think you could also consider maybe looking at like a Yotes reverse puck line here in the event that it's kind of just a complete blowout. And then you're going to get Jonas Johansson in the Tampa's net, almost certainly, which he was strong early, but he really fell apart. Seems like uh, Vasilevsky came back at the right time. So Really just a spot and a number thing. I'm not going to boost the Coyotes' play. I think they've been pretty mid, but maybe they can you know, follow up on that Vegas game and and lock things down. I think they'll make it tough. We know it's a tough uh, road environment for the Lightning to be in, so I think that's kind of the case there. Yeah, uh, I like the spot, like the Coyotes here. And and one thing I will point out, like the Coyotes have been underwhelming their process, but they're very much in the Western Conference. I mean, everybody's in it as uh, oh, they're so in it. There's two and, spots that are going to yeah. be the biggest gong show ever in the West right now. And I think you could feel pretty good that they haven't brought their best level yet. So like if this team does click into the gear we thought they might be able to find before the season, like they, you, you could feel pretty confident about uh, getting this team into the dance. Um, but yeah, yeah if you have Tarigny tickets and over 74.5 tickets, you're a happy man because yep. they're on pace for 82 points and he's in the mix. There's some people pulling away, but he's, you know, better than yeah, but I, in way better form than when we gave it out, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. And I think that uh those guys that were pulling away, like so we're starting to see teams like the Canucks stumble and uh we'll have to see hopefully the Rangers do as well. But yeah, yeah you're that's in the mix. Big one right yeah, now. you're in the mix. Um all that's right, why uh, the, that's why the three of us are always so happy on this podcast because we all have that, that yeah. all those tickets, Nick. That's why that's why we're always smiling. Because we're going to finish in second in the Jack Adams Trophy. Uh, yeah, was good. I smile until I look at the Rangers record and yeah. think about not giving out Laviolette. Uh, Tim, anything on Coyotes and Lightning? Yep, I already hit it. Uh, I like the Yotes as well. You said it, the spot. We're not going to get Vasilevsky back-to-back here, so I'm willing to roll the dice on our favorite team in the NHL. Uh, my favorite underdog is Anaheim. This one is, is very ugly. Uh they just got trounced against the Oilers. They've been playing terribly. This is a good sell job already. Um, but there, I I do think we see it all the time with teams when they they get into these ruts. Like they eventually hit rock bottom, and they will start to trend back 
the other way eventually. Like the the, the process hasn't been good for for Anaheim, um, but it's not so bad that you should just cross them off. And we we knew that this team wasn't what they were on that six game jaunt when they went out east. Um, they've obviously come back down to earth, but they have the high end skill. They're a little banged up with without Zegers and uh, Drysdale, but even even without those two guys, I think that there's enough um, clinical like playmaking talent here and enough on the back end that you feel all right against a Canucks team. That's finally caught some, they're, they're stumbling over the hurdles rather than just like leaping uh, over them. So not a fun one to make by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think it's a good buy low spot on Anaheim, a team that does have upside Tim. Yeah. The number I'm going to be on, I'm going to be with the ducks. Uh, I'm going to be with you on the ducks as well. It, it just has to do with this number is, is really long and it's because Vancouver is one of the best teams in the league and they, but they've come back down to earth a little bit. And I think that this long number is, is that of a Canucks team that would be kind of already crowned. And like, we're, I don't think any of us are really willing to do that quite yet. As, as we've seen evidently as, as of late that the Canucks have, have kind of, you know, regressed a little bit, but that that's why I think there's value on Anaheim here and that I don't think the gap is worthy of what the price is being set at. And that's enough for me to, um, to roll the dice with Anaheim, right? I, I'm not wrong there, Nick. Am I like, we don't think of Vancouver in this high of light or is it just more? I'm just Anaheim so low sucks? on the ducks. <laughs> okay. I've fine. been pumping it all, all year. And now they go on the six game losing streak. I think, yeah, the Canucks are an interesting team to talk about right now. And I just think the way to view them is like a top 14 team in the league, right? Like they're not, a complete luck box and you know they were due for some of these close losses and unlucky losses and they're getting them but I've, I've never meant to make our point I, I don't think anyone has to say that they're bad or not a playoff team I just don't think they were ever like a top five team and now it looks like they're kind of just settling into what they are yeah uh and I do think you know, you should get the best effort out of the Ducks that you can hope for uh coming off of the uh 8-2 loss to the Oilers um on Sunday night Tim uh you got a dog for us. Yeah, I was just uh Francesing this real quick and looking at uh like for instance, Colorado was at home playing Anaheim a couple weeks ago. Color Anaheim was plus two thirty. Like so I you know, we're we're getting the like a Vancouver team that's priced like a top five team in the NHL just to just to clean that up, right? Nick, you said top fourteen. So like that. You know, that, that leaves yeah. some room. As I think this could think. be a bit of a sneaky under, too. I'm kind of seeing a little value there. Like I kind of like the spot for it, but I just under in Ducks games feels awful. But <laughs> yeah, buckle up. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of bets that can be tough to make, yeah, I'm going to be on Philly for my dog here. Um, they are at home against Carolina. They're in the plus 130 range. And just to me, I think these teams are pretty dang close. I love Philly's game. I love betting on Philly. You know, you're going to get a surefire effort. And this is a, a Carolina team that they beat like, what, 10, 12 days ago. So I just, you know, there's not a lot of dogs I love on the sport. This isn't my favorite bet of the year, but I'm willing to take Philly as an underdog and a team. Like you can rarely kind of like trust them and feel good betting them as an, this is like one of the rare teams I like, I, I feel good about when I bet them at plus money. Yeah, exactly. I think that the Flyers are just always going to profile well as an underdog. The, the Hurricanes are scary to me because you know Nick yeah. Nick was kind of circling them as as a team that that's going to go on a run soon, and I and I do tend to agree with that. 
And then they got um, demolished eight two by the Lightning. Yeah, and 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 I, I mean, for, what they give up fourteen shots in that game, and eight of them went in, and uh, but that's kind of that's part the, of the point, though. Right, too, that's leading into my point. I said this about the Oilers the other day. Just because a team has had has been a good team has been sunk by poor goaltending doesn't mean that the goaltending just get a turn around and be good enough for the team not to get sunk. Uh so if I had, I I think the Flyers are fine here because you're still going up against a a goaltending situation that's an absolute mess in Carolina and, and you think maybe there's some clarity now with with Kochetkov like they they should just ride with him and um but he's he's a inexperienced NHL goalie for for as talented and as high pedigree as he is no the guy could be out of the league in two years and nobody would be we, like oh that's shocking because that's what happens <laughs> with goaltenders we keep waiting for, for Kochetkov I feel like this has been like three years in the making and Look, I was just down in Raleigh, and I I saw some great hockey fans down there. Really enjoyed it. But if Raleigh was in Ontario, I mean, my goodness, like with the way this they've uh, the way the goaltending has gone there. I mean, it, it, seriously, I feel like it's they Carolina's be saying thank God for Edmonton that no one's talking about our goaltending as much. Yeah, well, and Ranta had been okay before that demolition the other night that just ruined all his numbers. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I think another interesting one for Philly, Mike, is the Bristol line and stall pairing being a thing again. I know they were okay versus the Islanders in a game where uh, whatever is probably just the perfect game for them to hang out in. But I feel like eventually that's going to be a weakness and you know, they're just going to roll with it. Like, I don't even know if they were okay. Like the Islanders, that game where had just played the, the senators the night before they had to play four defensemen, 30 minutes apiece, Um, And it was just an absolute not a no-show effort for the Islanders because it was there, but like they were just absolutely gassed while the Flyers were able to travel because they played a, an afternoon game. So they got to the island pretty early and slept at the hotel, et cetera. Um, and I I thought that the only time the Islanders had anything going was when those two were on the ice. It's, they can't move the puck they at all. The, yeah. It's literally they're just destined to sit in their zone trying to block shots. And I don't think wrist and like – the analytics guys, I don't know if everyone picks on him enough. He's horrible. Like, he has no clue what he's doing. He's the worst touch I've ever seen. He never, ever makes a play. Like, it just feels like it's such a grind every time he's out there to even rim the puck up the wall. So, oh, I'm just loves like, Yeah, loves I know. Him. Well, he's a giant rig. He hits guys, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, yeah. I mean, it, it makes one, the worse. third pairing like, shouldn't tank a whole team. Like, yeah. I agree. I think Philly's still been pretty legitimately good, but it's a little scary. Yeah, the goal. T- I think I think it's it's actionable. The Flyers, uh, based on the goaltending alone, and and the fact that you know that they're not gonna, they shouldn't get caved in, right? That the numbers have been good enough for Philly that you can feel confident that even against a team like Carolina, they should uh, be competent five on five. So OT, uh, that means that means OT loss inbound. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocking. Flyers, uh, Coyotes, and Ducks um, off the jump as our favorite underdogs. Uh, let's go to the main part of the board uh before we get to our best bets we'll start with islanders in jersey taking on the devils the isles at uh, plus 142 jersey minus 170 uh total of six and a half hughes and he sure back seem to make a quite a difference and their their uh first game together uh they they truck buffalo um the islanders without adam pellick and, and sebastian ajo still they don't trust their uh Six defenseman Sam Sam Bolduc or seventh defenseman Sam Bolduc at all. So they went out and got Mike Riley, baby. The Mike Riley era. It's here finally. All right, I think. 
I like Mike Riley. We've been trying Riley, to get this yeah. guy on the island for years. You know, <laughs> I wanted to take him with us after we beat the Bruins in the playoffs uh, a couple of years ago. I was like, let's just put Mike Riley on the bus. He's exactly what this team needs. Another guy who can move the puck. Um, I, I think, uh, I, my bad. I think they can name the, um, the scratches suite up at, uh, TD garden after Mike Riley. Cause I think he was, he was, <laughs> he, was healthy good for them. He, he was good for them when they first got him. And then they signed him to that deal for, yep. you know, a little, little rich for maybe Lou was just driving up the price. Uh, but yeah, Mike Riley into the fold. It does feel like this is going to be one of those, the Islanders are just going to lean, have to lean on Sorokin. He he's clicked into form, um, big time lately. Um, without Pelic and, and Aho, like the, the the defense looking like a mess. Cal Clutterbuck and Simon Holmstrom also mispracticed today with illness. So it could just be a pretty patchwork lineup against a Devils team that should dominate five on five. But it's still hard to lay this kind of price against Sorokin with him uh, going as he as he has the past few games. So Nick, you you were you jotted it down. I was on the same page as you. Um, but you're gonna target a prop here. Yeah, I I mean, first off, I'll throw in, I think minus 170 is okay on the Devils. I don't think it's that bad. You're getting a team that's, you know, should, I think they'll carry play well enough to that number. But yeah, you... They're banged up too, though. They're banged up too. Yeah, but they got the big guys back. <laughs> Meyer hadn't done anything this year either. Yeah, what a weird... Uh, what a weird... Um, I, uh, I think Sorokin over saves is a great prop. Mike broke it down. I think you look at last game as a great example of why they probably won't set it high enough. I think if you can get over 30.5 at minus 115, I would play that. Um, and the alt lines, as Mike, Mike jotted down, I think is a good look as well. I mean, you look at that Philly game. The Islanders gave up 36 shots in regulation to Philly. And I think maybe more than the Devils, they might be happy to take some of those perimeter shots. And that helped, I think, the Islanders and Sorokin hang in the way they did, where, like, the Flyers don't have these elite skill guys who are going to find the plays that are just easy goals. I think that's kind of the one difference. But also, you look at it and you can say the Devils play more up-tempo and they have more guys who should who should help them own the puck and keep, keep uh, play moving in the right direction even more than Philly. So I think there's a good chance they can get, like, 36 shots here, 35 shots and the chances are the number doesn't get set high enough. So that's the look there. The thing that sucks with these is that it is game script dependent. You know, maybe their first three looks are on the power play. They make plays that Sorokin can't save. That really shakes things up. But that's kind of the same as any bet, right? There's things that derail it. So I think at the end of the day, they probably won't set this line high enough. Uh, before I hand it over to you, Tim, just one other note on a prop. Uh, Julian Gauthier was playing with Barzell and uh, Horvat in practice because Holmstrom out if 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 Holmstrom's out and Gauthier's on that first line, uh, his anytime goal scorer line should be pretty long, so he's definitely one to circle. Uh, anything uh, on your your boys from the island, Tim? Yeah, I originally put in our notes not watching the Islanders, but I've since changed my tune since I've been sitting here. I went and grabbed uh, over six. Uh, there's sixes on the board. I think you mentioned it with the Islanders. Uh, being banged up on the defensive side and with New Jersey's New Jersey has ability to score on anyone, you know, that doesn't have a banged up decor. So I know it doesn't, um, I know it's not consistent with, I guess, a Sorokin over if I'm hoping for goals here, but I think that, you know, we know, we know it Philly or uh, the devils defend so poorly that they're going to let, uh, give up enough chances. I think for the Islanders to get theirs and push this thing over six. So yeah, I'm going to play over six here. Uh, okay, fishiest line of the night, I think, is 
what we'll call this next one because the Blues are plus 136 in Minnesota. Uh, the Wilds minus 162 and a total of six and a half. Uh, the numbers for the Wild don't look bad at all, like under the surface. The goaltending's been bad. The penalty kill's been awful. Uh, they, they don't have the scoring to punch their way out of situations when they're giving up soft goals. That's been the Achilles heel for this team forever. Um, it does look like a little bit of a perfect storm situation for, for Minnesota, yet they're still minus 162 hosting a Blues team that's over uh, achieved relative to their preseason expectations. It just feels fishy um, to me. I do think the Wild will turn it around. They're better than this 0-5-2, I believe, stretch that they're on. Um, scary, scary, scary one to bet. Like one that I really think I'm very happy that like we don't have to bet every game because I'm very happy just to sit this one out, Nick. Yeah, I um, I think this will be one where a lot of people look at the Blues and just can't get it and think it's like a smash spot. If you look at most models, though, they'd have this game like matching the odds given out here because the Wild have been pretty unlucky. I played them on Sunday. I thought it was okay. If you look at their last four games, which have come against really tough teams, they own a 61.7% expected goals percentage at five on five. And five on five is pretty favorable to them because it's the special teams where they're getting crushed. But typically teams will learn to, like they're going to level off a little bit in in the special teams area. Like you're not going to give up the amount of uh, goals against they are. And Gustafsson's kind of stabilized. I don't know if they'll go back to him here, but he had the one good game in Sweden. And as a team, I thought that they were really good versus Toronto in that uh, series. They played pretty good versus Colorado. Bit of a letdown versus uh, Detroit, but I also thought it was kind of just a sharp game both ways. So I can see where this gets to this point at uh, with the Wild at full strength. Like I actually think they will come out and control play pretty comfortably here. And like you look at this team's success the last four years, I know it doesn't matter. And I think that a lot or like doesn't mean a lot. And I think that like we were even a little low on them, but like their roster's not that much different. And then the last four years, they've cruised into the playoffs, averaging well past 100 points. Like this is like, pretty ridiculous and then when you see like the kind of underlying numbers they put up the last four where like i feel like it put they are pushing in the right direction but yeah i agree i don't know it's just one of those ones like do you want to take on this number with that going how it is feels kind of scary and the blues are still kind of like potent with finishing the chances they get i feel like i still view them as a team that's like kind of scary even if you know they're probably going to get caved in a little bit so yeah i just kind of i can see where the number is but i don't want to bet the wild again I think there'll be times coming up, though, to bet yeah, the Wild. Yeah, I think so, too. And this is just no need to rush it. And I think a lot of us thought that once Jared Spurgeon came back, that the Wild would kind of find their footing. And I don't think they've won since he returned. So uh, They have not. He returned uh, one game after the losing streak started. Which was like 33 games ago. <laughs> I think, and they did have some overtime losses and some tough teams. Like everything that makes a team look bad has happened to them. They also had some pretty bad games mixed in there, but. Um, well, Nick, know. isn't this comparable to the other night or last week when you were all over Columbus? I think it's the exact same. Against yeah. Chicago. And you were screaming Columbus, Columbus, Columbus. But not not here. Well, the thing here is I had more. I had uh, Chicago power ranked a lot lower, obviously, and more faith in them just being bad. And the Blues. Yeah, so just the Blues have been a little too solid. That's the thing here. I, I think the Wild, 
Like it's just not the spot I want with St. Louis here. Um, but I do agree that that's a really good comparison because I see it as the same kind of spot where some people who like only look at records and losing strengths are going to be like, what the hell is going on here? Like, how is this it? Yeah. And you, uh, you wrote in our notes here, the better hockey team is, is favored. What's this? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, we're in Canada here. Tim. That's right. That's uh, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do think the better team is favored. I'll look down if it's wrong and the blues gain on it again, but I still think from this point on to the rest of the year, the wild get more points than the blues. Right. I agree. But, and I like the, wild. but I mean, this it's line just... is saying that and then some, so yep. that's the other part of it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, I think the second fishiest line here is the Penguins is a minus 120 favorite on the road in, in Nashville uh, to take on the Preds. Uh, even money at home, total of six and a half, a uh, rematch of the was it 2017 Stanley Cup final. Maybe the luckiest. Biggest scam I've ever yeah, seen. It's, that's, this one doesn't still doesn't sit well with uh, Nick and me. We want to re, re, let's replay it. Can we replay <laughs> this one? Uh, I would play the Penguins if I had to play this game here. The Nick was, uh, you know, kind of banging the drum on the Predators not being as bad as their record. Uh, a mere like about eight or nine days ago, they go ahead and, and rattle off a bunch of wins in a row. I will say the Penguins have since since that uh, they were started the season three and six, they went on that winning streak, and since then their their play has looked a little more suspect, and the goaltending has stepped up and and bailed them out a little bit more. I think part of that is just like injury clusters and some some poor luck with with players rotating in and out of the lineup. But that's you know every team's going to deal with that. Um, it does. This does say to me like if if you were to just um, home ice, you'd, you'd get Pittsburgh as a minus one forty team on on neutral ice, and I think that's a little cheap on the Pens here um, in Nashville, who who have been better and and should Saros has looked better of late too, so it makes them a little bit more dangerous, but. Uh, yeah, I think it, it. I'm trying to talk myself into a bet on, on Pittsburgh here, Nick. Um, I just haven't got there yet. Yeah, I think this one looks about fair. We were just talking about the Preds and how like competitive they've been when they were whatever, 4-10 and 10 and how it seems surprising. And then all of a sudden, now they're 500, which feels like what they should be to me. And I think with the Penguins dinged up how they are, this just looks about right. I think Pittsburgh's a slightly better team for sure, but short some pieces and on the road looks right. I think Pittsburgh is closer to that good version of Pittsburgh. And I think Nashville is closer to that bad version of Nashville. I just, you know, these teams are both what, 10 and 10. Like they, they've been, you know, mere images of each other in terms of up and down the season. And I'm just, that's why I'm going to land Pittsburgh here. I think their ceilings higher and I think they're going to trend better throughout the rest of the season. So Leboff, I'm taking the bait. Uh, I'm an idiot. I'm I'm gonna go Pittsburgh here. I just I think they're the better team. Yeah, I'll probably be with you. Um, and uh, yeah, we're all idiots uh, on this show. Uh, let's let's wrap this section up with the Kraken and Hawks. Seattle minus one seventy five on the road. Chicago plus one forty five. Total of six and a half. Chicago, by the way, they are live in the race for the wooden spoon because the Sharks look don't, don't look now, but those Sharks are climbing, man. 
they are climbing pretty quickly. Uh, four, five, and one in their last ten. Uh, we're recording this on Monday. I'll be betting them on Monday night against Knicks Capitals at the Shark Tank. Nobody comes to the Shark Tank uh, and comes out with a win. They're only four points behind the Wild, even though they get you know they played two more games. But um, yeah, Blackhawks are are really struggling. Um, it, it they they it just looks ugly when they lose. It just looks so ugly. And even like their win against the the Maple Leafs, it was just. They were getting outplayed, then they they score a timely goal, and the Maple Leafs would do what this Maple Leafs team kind of just gets criticized for all the time. Uh, so it's I don't like Seattle enough to bet them on the road as a minus one seventy five favorite, but I do feel like this game could end up with a very crooked score line, like seven three, something crazy like that. So um, if you want to go down that road with with some some funky stuff, go right ahead. Uh, what do you think, Nick? I I really didn't have many thoughts here. I I look at it and it's a little scary. The, I I don't even know. Like, what do you say about this one? The Hawks just feel like one of those teams that's an NHL team. Like they're gonna they're saying all the right things about the losing streak and all this. They're gonna come out and compete harder, and they're doing battle drills and practice and all that. And they're you know goaltending hasn't been a joke, but nobody knows where Corey Perry is. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, no comment on that one. <laughs> I just think. Uh, well, no Taylor Hall either, too. Like the yeah, the they're getting up. Team. They're getting yeah. I, the one I kind of still want is Beniers if the lines are low enough. Like I just think he's gonna start going, and that that top line could do some damage here. Maybe it could be a decent Bedard spot too. But I don't know. I didn't really have much yeah. looking at this one. I just I feel like it 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 just screams you know seven three or something like that, like a crazy game. That was what the Kraken did to them last year. I remember scored on like every shot in uh, in Chicago in that game. Just it makes me sick laying a big number with Seattle. That's the problem. I agree. Like exactly. I just feel yeah. like even though the stats look okay, it feels like their goaltending is always just like more hit or miss than even other teams' goaltending to me. And Grubauer is banged up. He's day to day making the trip. Not going to play, but may play. Like it's. And then you got Joey Decor. Yeah. And yeah, who's, okay, but who's like, better at this point, right? Like, who would you rather in goal for the the crack and Joey Decord or Philip Grubauer? It's, I just, it, it, I feel like there's, um, you know, we're gonna learn about this Hawks team in terms of like resiliency. Like, they they had so much to be so much positive momentum, so much to feel good about, and then now it's like now Bedard's like back to standing on an island here, and it's like, okay, we're gonna trust this eighteen year old kid to play you know have dragged this entire team into the fight against you know real better nhl clubs it's i mean he could do it yeah he is and he's still got nick felino uh guy that kyle dubas paid what three first round draft picks for so you know he's good um (laughs) all right let's move on to best bets now top shelf where mama hides the cookies we can start with you tim my best bet is the Dallas Stars at the Winnipeg Jets. This is really just about, I think these teams are pretty, I, look, they're being priced as pretty even with Dallas having you know the slight to moderate edge. But I think Dallas is a tier above Winnipeg in terms of we, I like to put, I don't like really do power rankings. I put teams in kind of tiers and clusters and I have Dallas as a tier higher and Dallas also, what if they lost one, two in a row? I just think it's a good bounce back spot for them. They play a similar style to Dallas, but or the 
they play a similar style to Winnipeg, but they're better than Winnipeg. So I'm going to land, uh, take the bait on the short price here on the Dallas Stars. Yeah, I'm, I like the Stars here too. And we love this Jets team, but it's, I think it's, you can put the, the Stars in a, in a clear tier above Winnipeg, even on the road. And, uh, in the top tier, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah the yeah. other thing is about the road too, because uh, I always make this point about the playoffs and it, you know, maybe it's just the feel thing. Maybe I should take the time to dive into it one day. But I always feel like I believe less in home ice advantage in spots where, you know, something like there's a bit of a rivalry between these teams and it's a huge game for Dallas and they're not heading into an, like necessarily a bad schedule spot. Like, I think a lot of the thing with like when you look at the whole sample of home versus road splits is like there's times where teams are getting into San Jose at 3 a.m. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then like that goes into the sample. But like when it's like a game like this where it's like two of the best teams in the division, they're fighting like whoever wins this game has the higher spot in the division, which is kind of becoming an interesting race because it could be one of those things where it's a nightmare two versus three matchup. Like if you win that division, you get god knows who the way it's going right now unless maybe like i guess a healthy oilers if they end up in that last spot kind of sucks but you get san jose um, yeah like you could <laughs> get the sharks. a huge mismatch whereas two versus three in the central could be this like this exact matchup so it's a big game i think the stars will be ready to go i, I think in like a spot like that i put a little less onus on like the road thing compared to like colorado flying into arizona or, you know, Tampa Bay flying into Arizona for second of a back-to-back, like we talked about earlier in the show. So I think that's interesting and goes to Tim's point that, like, I think as much as we love the Jets, the Stars have to be viewed as the better team. So I think you just take them in the, with this game price, just pick them. And to, for what it's worth, Winnipeg in the schedule spot in terms of um, just finished a Southeast road trip first game back for, for what it's worth. Uh, okay. Uh, another game where I'm a little maybe a little confused by this line uh the Florida Panthers are plus 120 on the road in Toronto I just I think Florida is the better team I know they've lost two in a row which is kind of funny because they finally got healthy and um kind of like that Jared Spurgeon thing we were talking about they they've uh they've lost since then everybody was waiting for Montour and Ekblad and, and the team just to get uh bodies back and it's just not been uh not been great but I think that they're better than Toronto. Like this Toronto Maple Leafs team, when when the Toronto media is telling you that the the Leafs are underwhelming, they are underwhelming because I, I think that everybody's trying to search for answers with this Toronto team. They they're, they're juggling the lines around. They're trying to get Mitch Marner going, uh, but the the issue is clear as day. It's just from the back up. Like you you they they don't move the puck well because they don't have a, a defense that can do it. And I know John Klingberg being hurt is addition by subtraction with the way he was going but that doesn't mean that like Nick Lidstrom's walking in the door in his place it's still going to be Mark Giordano on the second pair and Connor Timmins and William Lagason. it's this is not a, a murderous row and, and this Florida team is so punishing when they get the puck deep that you need guys to be who who can get the puck out who can get the puck out of trouble and put up fires and I don't know. I just think matchup wise, we saw it in the playoffs a little bit that this 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 Panthers team and that four check can go. I, I I wouldn't give you that one. I think they're better this year, but I think at the end of the day last year, I wouldn't really point to anything Toronto did wrong because they just. I think if you, I, I thought the Florida four check was the, the difference, breaks. like the difference maker in that entire series. No, Nick yeah, will defend but... Toronto no matter what. Just let <laughs> okay, it but well, it's a completely different team. But I mean, if you look at yeah. that series, they 
caved them in pretty good. They just didn't finish anything. Like you can. I talk think it's about the same team. I think it's the. It's been not the same, the same team. team. They're worse. They're, They're worse. way They're worse. worse now. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, were, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Like, I think. Yeah, like I. I just think that wouldn't. I don't know if I'd like see that point just because I really think it could have gone different. But, um, I agree. Like it feels pretty long. Florida's been really good, and they've done really. I feel like they've been really competitive in these tough spots, and they've been up for them. Um, and, and all you can kind of say that Toronto has going for them is they have the better stars, I think. So, yeah. And, and honestly, like even with bit. the way, with the way that the, the top players of each team are going right now over the course of an 82 game season, like you'd expect Mitch Martin to outperform Sam Reinhardt, but what talking about right this very minute, it's, it's closer. I mean, uh, I like, I think he, that's the ridiculous part is how much people have been talking about Marner in this. And I'm like, well, him and, he's doing I think, fine. He's not been the best player in the league, but he's he's been pretty good. They use him to do everything. He's doing fine. Yeah, and they not, have so many other flaws. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they do, and I think that's but that's part of it. Like it's it, they're asking Marner, Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, like basically do everything. Yeah, I mean that's the and thing. And that's is just like going to weigh have, on someone. Yeah, they have so many other flaws, and those guys are still taking heat. And it's like, what the hell do you like? Point all the other things. They're doing fine. They haven't been like maybe. All at their very best, except for Nylander. Man, but, yeah. I think, thank God Lou Lamarilla brought those guys in. Uh, I, I think yeah, I mean, have... look at all the good depth guys they got rid of, though, and now look what's happening. Yeah. We we all have like the same like bias or thing that's sticking in our heads, and that despite all the Leafs' flaws, they're a really good regular season team and like play their way out of it in the regular season. So that's what like makes makes it difficult when we're playing all this matchup game and it's like well sometimes they just they've had more nights than than not in the regular season where you just blank in marner matthews nylander save the day right yeah it's just been yeah and and this season it's it's like teetering on maybe we don't even get that this year right like right it, do, it does feel like this yeah, game is, is close to like a five game losing streak coming Maybe not yeah. just right now. Just yeah, it, it, like, they were pretty good in it. Pittsburgh, though. I don't know. Yeah, like they don't go on five game losing streaks. But I feel like we're a lot closer. Guys with, steal with a game. That. We're a lot closer to a team that has the capability of dropping like five in a row. This version of the Leafs than we were the past two seasons. Is is yes, uh, I agree. Well, because the other thing is, back then they were winning some of the minutes when those guys weren't on the ice. Yeah. I mean, they were just good. They were good, and they now they're not deep. nearly as good. And the goaltending, who knows? Like it's. Can you bet? Um, can you bet over under time on attack? I mean, I would love to just the Panthers to just outcoursey them, just yeah. you know, uh, it, have the Leafs playing on their heels the whole game. It's like, but again, they don't go on five game skids because they their ceiling yeah. is so is so high, right? Yeah. With the star power. Um, all right, so that's Panthers for me. Uh, this is this is fun. I I knew this was coming. Um. Uh, We'll set up Nick's best bet here. It's a great way to end the show. Knights plus one ten in Edmonton. Oilers are minus one thirty. The over under six and a half. The definition of insanity, Nick. I don't think it is though. They were huge for me on Friday. Played every the, Oilers angle. And they demolished the Caps. Yeah, they were great. And and then they dominated think, the Ducks. I think this is just. It looks scary, but so much of what's gone on early, I do think, has been a little bit of tough puck luck and. Skinner stabilized. So I'm willing to throw that out the window a little bit and just look at this team for what they are. Like they're going to, I think, control play at the level of a minus 130 bet, right? Like they're going to, is anyone really not expecting them to come out here and probably own more of the play and take it to the Knights in this spot? 
Um, and Vegas, Me. meanwhile, Me. Vegas doesn't have Shea Theodore, and they haven't been going that well themselves. They play tonight in Calgary, which is a pretty tough spot. Uh, their goaltending tandem has finally come down to earth a little bit, which I think is interesting because no one ever expected him to be this good in the first place. And now the team's not defending that well. So I don't think Vegas is bad. But And the other thing is, you know every game right now, the way the Oilers are looking at it. Um, so I don't love it. But I think the other thing you could do is just bet the Oilers team total. I still did the same thing in, on Friday. I split my wager on the Caps game between them to win and their, their team total. Because I feel like you'll probably get plus money or better on them to score three and a half. Those lines aren't, or to score four. Those lines aren't out yet, but we'll see. I think it's there. I think uh, the Oilers are going now. McDavid's on fire. He's over whatever little ailment he had. And uh, I don't know. I think it is what it is. All the guys that made people think the Oilers are a preseason cup favorite are still there. Like if Skinner plays respectably, they're getting the Knights at a good spot. I think it is what it is. It's a little ugly, but I actually think, I think they're going to pay off in this one. I just, you make such a, you make a compelling case. I just am so sick of this team and they shouldn't be. I just don't think that they should be a minus one thirty ish favorite to Vegas. Like we, we've, they've just looked like such dog shit at times this year. They we, haven't we, though. That's the thing. They really haven't looked that I, bad. Like they yeah, had a but, few games where I'd say it was like, okay, that was ugly. Like the Carolina one was shit. And, but wait, more wait, often wait. than not, it's just been like the ugliest goal goes in and then they're chasing the game and it's just shit. So it's, I don't know. That's the but that's thing. Vegas's MO is to like cap is to score from the point off of five people's ass and win the game. Like we, we've been but saying that right? it's fallen apart and they're like, they're four five, one, their last 10, the nights we're all kind of sitting on it. And that's had some soft games and they've had some bad luck. But they like the Canadians, the Flyers, they're in there, the, the Coyotes game. Like they're losing these games now. I think the other thing that's hard for Vegas is like they've played so much hockey. They're short one of their best blue liners. And every team is so up for every game versus them. Like I think that makes it tough when you just, you know, you're getting every team's absolute top level. And who knows? I could maybe see, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how tonight's game goes versus Calgary too. But I think that's just a tough back to back spot for the Knights. Uh, well, here's the thing. Vegas at their best plays low variance hockey, right? And Edmonton, even at their best, plays high variance hockey. And I just, I, I think that Vegas is the perfect team to limit mistakes and then punish Edmonton for when they make their mistakes. Like I, I just, but I mean, you could say the same about the Oilers being a great team to expose, like a team that's not defending that well right now on a back to back in uh, a game where I feel like it's just everything kind of points Oilers. We'll see. It's an interesting spot. Yeah. I feel like it's, one I, of yeah, I think it's, like, a, it's a great bet even uh, to make, especially um, when you're circling it as your, your favorite bet on the night. I think well, it's I don't one have the stones. Ones, like I don't have the stones to take Vegas, by the way. I've just, yeah, I'm really sucks. making you, <laughs> I'm really making you earn it though, Nick. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone on either side of this one's going to either feel like a genius or an idiot if for their bet. Um, just because, like, I think, you know, if you, the case for the Knights Cup champs as underdogs to a team that's like seven and 12 is <laughs> pretty obvious. But I, I made the case for why I think it's a little different than that. You did. You did. No, I think it's a, a good argument. And uh, this, this, the spot is tough for, for Vegas, who have been trending down. And I don't even blame them either. Like, it's ridiculous the record they have put up. And they, 
Yeah, but know, maybe Edmonton gets their attention. Those cups. On like yeah, no, teams. that's true. And like, who knows how it goes in Calgary tonight? But I just think I I expect Edmonton to play well enough, and you know, maybe you could split it there. It just it or yeah. The other thing is, if you really hate it, consider the Oilers team total. Should be a fun one. <laughs> Oilers, uh, Panthers, and Stars. Those are our favorite bets uh, for Tuesday night. Off the top, we gave out our favorite underdogs. Tim liked the Flyers against the Hurricanes. Nick liked our beloved Arizona Coyotes against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I'm going to take a shot with the Anaheim Ducks in Vancouver. Uh, We will see you again Wednesday morning. Uh, Talk a little big picture stuff and go over a short slate. And then again on Thursday morning, this has been Line Change. Thank you for listening. Uh, Please leave us five stars uh, when you can, if you can. uh, And all that good stuff Uh, for Tim... Kalinowski and Nick Martin. I'm Michael Leboff. Thank you again for listening. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.